When this happened, you talked about it on the fan. Santana into the windup. The payoff pitch on the way. Swung out and missed. Strike three. He's done it. Johan Santana has pitched the no-hitter. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the Free Odyssey app. All right, 409, McMonagall here with you. Good morning. How we doing on this Thursday morning? We're getting ready to have a great day. Let's do it. 877-337-6666. Unfortunately, we're not going to see Ananobi yet again as he will miss uh, tonight's Nick game against the Mavericks, and probably so will Brunson. Though, uh, thankfully, it sounds like it's not that bad a sprained ankle. I'm, he's, he's not even decided yet. Uh, they haven't ruled him out yet. I'm just, I'd be surprised if they play him uh, in a game that, look, you live without. You try and, you know, I would I would definitely not play him. I'm trying to keep him somewhat healthy here. Give him, give that ankle a rest. There's no reason to play him in a game against Dallas. Uh, and especially, I mean, I'm more concerned about Ananobi right now, who's going to miss his sixth game, and he's ruled out. He's ruled out of all these games 24 hours before the game. With now bone spur irritation. It was just elbow inflammation to bone spur irritation. I wonder what rhyme they can come up with next that makes us all concerned about him missing more games. So that's what we get prepared for for tonight with the Knicks, but at 3 o'clock will be the trade deadline, and they need to improve this team. And we'll see what they do. We'll see what Leon uh, Rose and World Wide West and Tibbs have in store for us. For me... And I think for most people, it's – I don't think the idea – I don't know if even Murray from uh, Atlanta is on the table. I don't know if uh, a bigger piece is on the table. In fact, we all think it's not. But they need to add some depth, some scoring depth, and someone who can, you know, add uh, and be that number – you know, be the point guard of that second unit as well as get some uh, points. And, you know, Alec Burks is a guy who's been mentioned from the Pistons, obviously, played with the Knicks, is kind of a Tibbs guy. Uh, Bruce Brown is another name you've heard. He's a, a, also an expiring contract, so maybe if you get him, you could, if you have to give a Fournier, you could see uh, an issue of of being able to trade him in the offseason and be an asset towards making another trade in the offseason to bolster a team. Uh, Jordan Clarkson, uh, Utah is another name. Like These are the kind of players. I, I Brogdon hasn't been talked about as much, although he would be my number one pick. Someone who could step in, run the point, as well as get some points, shoot the three, and have it so you don't have to run Brunson into the ground. And that's really what it comes down to, right? Like, And, and again, this isn't to kill Tibbs. And we, we know his history. We understand uh, what are the talking points about his coaching style going back to his days in Chicago with Derrick Rose. Like, We understand it. We knew it was a, it was a talking point before he came here. Uh, it was a talking point before Brunson was on the team, that's for sure. Like The idea that he plays his guys and the idea that load management, which you all seem to hate, for the most part, and the NBA is trying to limit in many ways, but on some level, the Knicks need to do a little bit more of it because there's got to be a way. And again, that ankle injury could happen at any time. I'm not. It was only his 31st minute of the game. Uh, he's 11th currently in minutes in the NBA per game. He's also played, you know, 49 games. So he's he's played one of the more minutes than any other player in the NBA. He's he's in the top 10 of of minutes played, but. Like it's not even so much that necessarily as looking forward 
as this team goes through this stretch run to figure out how to make their way through the Eastern Conference and then even into a short series. Like, there has to be a point where you can feel like the game won't slip away with someone besides, you know, Brunson running the offense. And that's what it feels like. And that's what Tibbs feels like. A 27-point lead becomes a 15-point lead. I got to bring in Brunson. Like, there's got even against the Memphis Grizzlies, there's got to be a way to stem the tide. You have to bring in someone. You have to bring in some scoring depth. And you have to bring with quickly. You know, what you lost from quickly, yeah, instant offense, but also that leader of the second unit. Because if you go back to when they still had RJ and and quickly, you could argue that second unit led by quickly and and with RJ in the, in it without Brunson on the floor kind of ran more sm- smoothly. Like that that unit was a little bit more cohesive. The starting unit was an issue with too many guys who needed the ball. You know, RJ needed the ball. Randall needs the ball. You know, Brunson, for the most part, needs the ball. So to have, like, it just felt disjointed. And that's why the trade for OG Ananobi made so much sense and impacted the team so greatly is because his strengths can be still strengths and can impact the team in an enormous uh, an enormous way without him touching the ball, with him being an excellent perimeter defender, without him just, you know, cr- uh, you know, getting an op- open corner three and, and you know, what all the other attributes he brings to the game. That's what how it transformed the team, but they need that little bit of instant offense quickly gave them. So today at three, we'll find out who it is. The two names really bandied about as of late are Alec Burks and Bruce Brown. We'll see where they end up going. I'm hoping for a little bit better than that. I I really hope they reach and try and get Brogdon here. Uh, It sounds like he's staying put, but I don't think it's impossible if they make a big-time offer, and that's what I'm looking for because I really want to get that piece that helps. But whatever the case may be, whatever they do, I trust Leon Rose, which is crazy to say, and I trust the Knicks that they'll make a move, and I trust Tibbs to make it work. But when he does get that piece, when he does get someone who could possibly run that offense, when he does get some secondary scoring from the bench, he's got to be willing to go to it. Because as you get through it, we've seen so many. Now, listen, Randall's going to have some, obviously some time off, so his legs, hopefully, no matter how much he plays when he gets back, should be fresh for the playoffs. But Brunson just needs a, you know, you can't run these guys ragged. And then get into a seven-game series, yeah, against you know, you get into a, a series against Milwaukee, get into a series against uh, Boston. He can't play every minute of every game. Like they got to figure out a way to get to the point where they're comfortable with Randall with uh, Brunson off the field, uh, off the court. Eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. That's been a major topic as we wait for eleven hours from now in the trade deadline and see what the Knicks do. And the other ones, Pete Alonso for me is you know David Stern's talked on uh, the foul territory. Um, podcast and talked about how they're invested in Pete Alonso. And as much as I've been down on this offseason and as much as I've been down on the impact Stearns has has made on this offseason, which I think he wants to get a feel for the organization, I think he's more than happy just dipping his toes in the water, seeing how it feels, and ultimately attacking next year, uh, which is going to be the year of record for Pete Alonso, as well as many other things, including to go steal Juan Soto, right? Which we've talked about forever. But for me... I don't mind. Like, uh, uh, I think, one, you have to keep him. I think you're absolutely nuts to trade him. It makes no sense to me whatsoever. You have a, you have the wealthiest owner in baseball. You have a guy who hits 40 home runs and drives in 100 RBIs, bare minimum with his eyes closed. He's, he's on pace to become the greatest regular player in the history of the franchise. You don't move on from that guy. 
He's worked his ass off to become a, a slightly above average first baseman to the point where at the very least he's not going to hurt you there. He's been very good. He's been solid. Might not win any gold gloves, but he's a pretty damn good first baseman, and he's a key to the team. And if you can't make that work, if that's somehow hindering your ability to run the franchise, then maybe Stearns isn't the right guy. Like, that's how I feel about it. And I'm and I have no problem not extending him. I think this is how the, I've been saying this forever. Don't extend him. You got the richest owner in baseball. Play this thing out. That's how it works. Give him incentive to give you a big year this year. Because I don't know, maybe actually care about 2024. Call me crazy. Maybe the Mets might actually want to win a couple games. Maybe the Mets might actually want to try and work their way into the playoffs and actually care. Now, hopefully they're actually talking to J.D. Martinez. It sounds like they are. Reports are saying they are. You know, Martino game came out yesterday and kind of said, well, yes, they're they're in contact, but, you know, far from the finish line. Whatever the case may be, they need to add a bat. They need to add a bat. And building forward with this team, it makes very little sense to me how you can tell me they're marketably better or or better served moving on from a player who hits 40 home runs and drives in 100 RBIs and plays 152 games every single year. How does that make you better? Have the Red Sox been better since they traded Mookie Betts? You will never get fair value, and you will always feel like you ruined an opportunity to have a face of your franchise. Like this is Pete Alonso is a Met. Keep him a Met, but you know what? Let him go earn it. Let him t- do exactly what the Yankees did with Judge. That's the right play when you have enough money where you know you're not going to lose him. Go out there and earn your money and incentivize him to have a great year this year. And you know what? If he doesn't, you just saved yourself money. If for whatever reason, and again, knock on wood, not trying to predict it, but if he gets hurt, has a miserable year, whatever the case may be. Like if Judge would have had this year where he ran into the wall against the Dodgers last year on that contract year instead of the 62 home runs, he doesn't get $360 million. And all the fans are, you know, not not killing Cashman for not giving him three hundred million before the season started. Instead, they would have got they would have killed him for giving the guy can't stay healthy and you give him three hundred million dollars. You wait. When you're rich and you don't worry about the money you're gonna have to give up, you wait. And so we wait. But I fully expect the Mets to sign Pete Alonso. Why? Because I believe Stearns is somewhat bright. And I don't think a bright executive who's got an owner who can write any check thinks it's a good idea to move on from a forty hundred guy. For no apparent reason. Adam and Roslyn. What's up, Adam? Hey, C-Mac. I've got to catch a train, so I only got a second. But uh, but on the Alonzo thing, this comes off like I actually i am the only Met fan that's not really disappointed in this offseason because I think that they need to kind of take a step back, go kind of just play baseball, kind of earn some game winning, and just stop spending money like crazy. Um, so I know I'm in kind of a, uh, my own kind of camp there. But I think that this this Stern stuff, and I'm curious to see what he's going to do with this with this team in this situation. But the Alonzo stuff comes off tone deaf to me. I I mean I always agree with you, man. But I but I don't agree with with letting him play it out. I, I think it sends like not a great um, just not a great vibe. Not a, not a really a show of confidence because you want to kind of say to your guy, hey, we want you to be our guy, even if you hit only 35 homers and have only 90 ribbies this year. We're not going to try to, you know, put the screws to you. We want you to be our guy. We want to pay you. And then we also don't want to put, put ourselves in a position where we got to pay you $400 million if you go out and hit 55 home runs. No, you're never going um, to have to pay him that. You're never going to have to pay him that. 
I, I just I, I he, he hit fifteen. No, I mean, Judge did the Judge went out and put a, had a chip on his shoulder and had the best year of his career, one of the best offensive seasons we ever seen. Incentivize Alonso to go have a great year and then pay him. What, I, once I, you I'm, pay him, that goes away. Once you give him the contract, there's no bad vibes. And where's he going to go? That gets that that the Mets outbid him. The the Dodgers have uh, Freddie Freeman. Uh, who, who do you think is going to throw? The the Yankees have to go pay Juan Soto. Who's going to give four hundred million dollars to Pete Alonso? All right, Mac, I got to jump. The last thing I wanted to ask you was what your favorite Kevin Costner movie was. I'll throw Tin Cup and The Bodyguard out there, but I got to oh, go. Oh, I, I like Thanks, the, yeah, the You got it, buddy. Thank you. Field of Dreams. I'm sentimental about baseball. I love Field of Dreams. It's probably my favorite Kevin Costner movie. But that's probably, I don't know if it's his best overall movie, but it's my favorite. Um, but I do love Kevin Costner. And I will tell you right now, all right, this is probably an unconventional uh, and unpopular statement, but his bad movies are not nearly as bad as people's. Like, people talk about Waterworld like it's the worst thing ever put to film. Waterworld is not that bad. It's not good. I'm not going to tell you it's good. But it's not. I've seen, I've seen, I've seen worse movies in the last two weeks than I have. Waterworld's talked about like it's the worst piece of crap ever. Waterworld is not that bad. Dennis Hopper's pretty crazy in it. I actually like Dennis Hopper in the movie. You know, you got Tom Petty's in the movie. I think Tom Petty's in the movie. That might have been Postman. You missed them up. Those are the two movies everybody hates. Postman's not that bad either. All you Kevin Costner haters. And Wyatt Earp is way better than Tombstone. You guys have no clue what you're talking about. But, yeah, I have no... What vibes do you think it creates? Like, I love this. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I, I wanted you to play out your... You're under contract. Um, they came they came to uh, an agreement on, on this year's contract. Like, what? what <laughs> they paid him. They drafted him. They gave him a chance. He's been in major. League. He's been with the Mets. He's done wonders for them. They paid him when his contract's up. They're gonna have to pay him again. Go out there and ha- have another great year and earn your money. It's a business. There's nothing wrong with it. You think he's gonna be sitting around cursing the Mets because they didn't give him an extension? I just don't think so. And you know what? Even if even if, and everyone everyone said it built up ill will between the club and Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge signed a three hundred sixty million dollar contract for forty million dollars per year. He got he got the owner to call from uh, from Italy and give him that ninth year, and now he's being, you know, asked his opinion on the offseason like he's a part of the front office, and he was named captain, and and how did that you know ill will towards the organization last? There's there's no worry of ill will towards the organization or setting some sort of what does it set? It sets we we have you on a contract when that contract expires. We will either give you a new one or let you go somewhere else. That's that's the sport. And if Pete Alonso plays well enough, they're not going to let him go. For me, extensions for the most part, there are a few exceptions. Extensions for the most part are for teams that can't afford to give big contracts. Witt Jr. just got an extension because you know why? They're afraid they're gonna, he's going to – Juan DeFranco got a big contract and it's going to end up being a disaster, right? It's going to end up being a disaster. But the the Rays give big contracts because they can't afford to give him the $400 million he's going to get when he hits free agency. Same thing with Kansas City and Bobby Witt Jr. 
And then there's other kind of circumstances where I don't think the Astros like to spend a ton of money, but Altuve has won an MVP and won World Series, and they've been he's been uh, right at the heart of a dynasty there in Houston, so he gets the benefit uh, of an early extension. And it's a reasonable amount of money. It's $25 million a year for Jose Altuve. If Alonzo wants to take $20 million a year, you can sign a contract right now. He wants big money. You want big money? Go prove you're worth big money. And once you do, we'll give you big money. That's exactly how this should work. I think the Mets are handling it fine. The only issue is, do you believe them? Or do you think that, you know, Mr. Mid-Market David Stearns is coming over here to run it kind of like Milwaukee or at least get it out of its infancy or, you know, prop it up as a Milwaukee team before he starts to treat it like a Steve Cohen-owned team? Like, is, does he believe that that foundation is the best way to go and then supplement it with money? And that in, he's going to try and break down this core or change things where he can, and that's why he's put the pause on things. Because this is a pause year. He's paused. He's pressed pause. There's no question about it. The You know, someone rang the dinner bell, and he pressed pause, and he's waiting to see what, what's for dinner. He's waiting to see what this organization is. And then he'll get back in it. That's what it feels like to me. It feels like he's taking a stock. He wants to see what Vientos is. He wants to see what Beatty is, see what the young kids are, see how his manager operates with this team, you know, see, you know, how, how trustworthy, you know, how he feels about Nimmo, Lindor. Like, just get a feel for everybody is. And then next year when he has to make the decision on Alonzo, when he has to, you know, make a decision on, on starting to win because he's got a free year here, then he'll go about building things his way. But right now, He's going to take it easy, cruise control, and wait to see what happens. But ultimately, part of that is playing, you know, in the big boy market and playing with Steve Cohen's wallet. And if that isn't going to give Pete Alonzo a contract, I don't know what else you could deem more worthy. What else is more worthy than the the face of your franchise? Who is is he a perfect player? No. Is he go first or third a lot? No. Does he have a an OPS of of nine hundred every year? No. But he only hits forty home runs and drives in hundred RBIs every year. And I and, and and I get on people for blaming analytics for everything, but and I know certain things have been diminished. Things we all grew up loving and 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 deeming as some of the most important things in baseball. But the day home runs and RBIs become. Uh, diminished is a sad day indeed. So the guy hit, the guy averages 40 home runs and drives in 100 runs with really no one in the lineup. So for me, Alonzo's a keeper. He's a catch. I'm hanging on to that. I'm hanging on to that felt. It all comes down to this. Super Bowl 58. Listen live from Westwood One on the free Odyssey app. The Kansas City Chiefs. Takes the snap. Darts a passenger side caught by Kelsey. Wrapped to the ground at the 12. And the San Francisco 49ers. With the comeback for the ages, the 49ers are going back to the Super Bowl. Wherever you are this Sunday, stream Super Bowl 58 with Westwood One on the free Odyssey app. Download it today and search Super Bowl. A-U-D-A-C-Y Call us 877-337-6666 Powered by Paramount Plus Stream the NFL on CBS Live on Paramount Plus I just saw my man Gary Sanchez Gary Sanchez signs a one-year contract with the Milwaukee Brewers. Come on, Gary. Keep it up. 
heartache. Yeah, I, look at Gary. Come on, baby. I love me some Gary Sanchez. Another guy who got absolutely killed for no reason. <laughs> the Yankee fans are fun to him, boy. That was an, I was arguing for Gary Sanchez for years. For years. He got a bad rap. But he struggled with New York. No doubt about it. But he had a good year last year at San Diego. Hopefully he's starting to resurrect his career. I think he got a one-year, $7 million deal. And Blake Snell... Loves throwing to him. The MV, uh, the Cy Young, the guy who can't seem to find a contract he likes or a team that's willing to give him one. But he loved throwing to Gary Sanchez. Love throwing to him. So hopefully Gary works his way back to being a premier power hitter. Because you know what? There's really not a lot of power hitting catchers. So that, that would be good for Gary. A one-year deal. 877-337-337. 66, 66. Another story we didn't uh, talk uh, too much about, but um, Mike Kafka being promoted to assistant head coach, which you you wonder if, and this sucks, right? On some level, it sucks because the initial thought isn't necessarily that Kafka did anything to deserve being a named assistant head coach or get a promotion, that it's a PR type thing. That obviously the 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 story comes out. He he screams and yells at everybody, not just Wink Martindale, who, by the way, I guess is in the mix to be the Michigan defensive coordinator. Sorry, Wink. Going back to college. That's a movie right there. Him and Rodney Dangerfield going back to college. Wink Martindale heading back to college. Uh, but it sounds like he might be the next defensive coordinator for the Michigan Wolverines, which should be interesting. Uh, but. That story comes out. Brian Dable screams at everybody. Brian Dable took away, gave back, took away, gave back, took away, gave back. Play calling uh, duties to Mike Kafka. Uh, obviously, he, they they don't allow the Seahawks to talk to Mike Kafka about the offensive coordinator job. And now suddenly, he's assistant head coach. And it seems like a PR thing, which sucks because now it's not like, oh, cool, you know, Kafka, yay. It's like, <laughs> he must really freaking hate this. They're, they're doing everything to appease this guy. And then, and then it's like, why? What Kafka ever do? It seems weird that you would take away play calling duties from him and then make him the assistant coach. And they're still not even sure if he's going to have play calling duties this year. I would assume he's going to. But I think this was more of just like, yeah, I know things have sucked lately. Here's a promotion, a little bit more money. Why don't you just, you know, not kill us every chance you get? How about that? When you get your next job next year, don't uh, don't bad mouth bad mouthers on the way out. I'd probably be looking for another job. Thanks. It's kind of what it feels like, unfortunately. But um, hopefully, all that. Listen, now it's over. It's just it's over. Who cares? All that's behind them. I would imagine Kaffa is going to go back to being the the main play caller here. But we'll see if they start this. If they suck with Daniel Jones, go right back to Brian Dable playing calling the plays. Because there is no doubt his career is on the line, or at least his giant career is on the line this year, unless unless they do the smart thing and figure out a way to draft a quarterback. That's what the Giants need to do. 877-337-6666. Find a way. Call Chicago right now. Say, you know Caleb Williams doesn't want to be there. Let's go. Move down to six. And if the – I mean, you could think – the Bears have a legitimate option. The Bears could move back twice. The Bears can move down to two and let Washington jump them because you know clearly they want uh, Caleb Williams with uh, 
Cliff Kingsbury being the new offensive coordinator. You move back to two, get picks. Then you move from two to six, get picks. And you're still going to get a premier player because all the quarterbacks are going off the board. If you're willing to give, if you're willing to trust Fields, like the entire team is, right? I mean, the entire team has gone to bat for him. And to be fair, they were one of the better teams in the NFL, arguably, down the stretch of the season. The defense completely changed uh, with getting sweat. Completely changed defensively. They were much better down the stretch. And the offense with with you know with Fields not trying to prove he's a pocket passer and just going to make plays with his athletic ability, uh, I felt really improved. And if they think they can you know harness that just so ever slightly and you know pass a little bit more and be a little bit more accurate along with that athleticism, maybe they feel they can turn themselves into a big time quarterback. And especially if the only one they think you know this whole time they got the number one pick, they're assuming Caleb Williams, and it's like suddenly oh well it's not him. How do I feel about May? How do I feel about? Daniels, I don't know. But that's I would be on the phone right now at Chicago figuring out if I can move up to number one or move up to number two. Because at six, they'll still get a big-time player because the three quarterbacks are going to go off the board probably one, two, three. Especially if you move out of there. You could be looking at a big-time wide receiver. You're looking at a big-time tackle. Plus a bunch of picks. So, I mean, I would sell that plan to Chicago if I were uh, – if I were Joe Shane right now. 877-337-6666. Mitchell in Fort Lee. What's up, Mitch? Hey, Big Mac. I'm getting ready. I just dropped one of my buddies off to, uh, at the airport at LaGuardia. He's going to Vegas. I'm heading out Friday to Vegas. So nice. I'm looking forward to You yeah, going to the game? Yeah, I'm going to the game. I have a friend that, uh, if I can say, plays very big, and he got me a ticket. And so I'm going out there. Not the wow. Seats. I don't know where we're sitting, but I'm looking Doesn't forward matter. to it. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm excited. I have friends that are already out there, and they said it's a mob scene. They said that's great. I mean, they really did a great job out there. So, and uh, last night he went to go see my buddy went to see you too last night. So, oh, look at good, good job last night. Your your buddy's so, quite the baller. Yeah, what a baller. But getting now to uh, one thing we probably get to the Knicks about uh, you were talking about football with uh, the Bears. If the Bears were smart. They can actually drop down to the third pick and, and go get Harrison Jr. and that pick. And how many picks they can get two first rounders plus to get Harrison for next year's draft board? That would wouldn't be so bad because Harrison is a stud. You would agree with me there, right? I mean, that's the way it looks. Yeah, I'd be. I, I certainly can't disagree with you. I mean, we'll okay. we'll find out. But yeah, I mean, they can move back and 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 get that type of player, no doubt. Right. Okay. Get into this like you were talking about. I have to tell you something. I watched the Knicks game not last, not uh, two nights ago when the Knicks were up big, and he left the whole team in with three and four minutes left. Like you know, I was saying to myself, we're, we're watching the game at uh, a bar in Long Island, and we're watching the game. And said, what did happens if Bronson gets hurt? He just it, it, it just they're up by eighteen points. What was he doing? I just, it, yeah. It just, it, to be fair, to play, yeah. Listen, I think we've seen that a couple times. To be fair, in that particular instance, they had a big lead. It was dwindling. He held him out for a lot of the third quarter. It was only his thirty-first minute of the game when he got hurt. So he brought him in. Uh, I think he played a couple minutes. So he brought him in with under thirty minutes left. Uh, it's not like he was. It wasn't like he was his forty-fifth and forty-sixth minute of the game. Or I know five minutes left. Whatever. Forty. I mean, it's not like he played every minute of the game. Thirty-one isn't isn't a crazy amount. He, he would have played, what, 36, 37? That's not a crazy amount, but I agree with you. We've seen games with large leads that Brunson, and he doesn't want to use the depth of his, his roster, uh, Mitch. He doesn't want to use the bench. He's got his rotation. That's it. He's not going to bring in Fournier. He's, not going to, you know, he's just not going to do it. So, although we did see it once this year. For the most part, 
he's going to stick with his guys. And yeah, sometimes, but he, if he senses a lead slipping away, he's not messing around. And I get it. I, I get it right now. It, it was, you know, it's it's leading into the All Star break. You've been on this great run. Uh, you're dealing with Randall out. You want to win as many games, particularly in this homestand against bad teams. You got the longest homestand of the year, and you're playing the Memphis Grizzlies. The last thing you want to do is blow that big lead, right? Because you have no idea. Obviously, you know, the next game is against Dallas. Uh, then you you got the Pacers. Then you go on the on the road against the Rockets and Magic, and then you lead into the All Star break, and you come right out of the All Star break with in Philadelphia and home against Boston. So that's a game um, you never want to lose. A game you're up twenty seven points, but against the lousy Grizzlies at home without Randall, these are the kind of games you you need to bank. You need to bank that win. So if he feels the lead slipping away from twenty seven to eighteen or whatever it was, and it got down to ten by the time of the injury, like. I, I understand it. That's why you got to go out there and make a move and give him an option. You got to you got to have someone out there that you can feel like on a given night. Maybe it won't. You know, maybe on a given night that that player is is say it's Brogdon. It's the person I want. A night where Brogdon's not playing well or he's absolutely ice cold and the lead's still evaporating and you have to go to Randall. But at least there's an option there you could try first and leave someone in there and, and hold a, a 12 point lead against the Memphis Grizzlies, a 12 point lead, and not feel like you have to run out and get Brunson back into a game. But there were times. I mean, I think it was the Nugget game. We've talked about it. They were up, they were up thirty points on the Nuggets. I know it's the Nuggets, but they're up, I know it's the, the 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 defending champs. But you're up thirty points in the fourth quarter. Why is Brunson on the floor? Give him a break. Give him a rest. That's when you do it. And he's at, he's adverse to it. We we understand it, but right now, at least you understand it because he's got no options. And you don't want to lose that game. You don't want to allow that game to slip through your fingers. That's a devastating loss. They lose that game. Now, obviously, once he hurts his ankle, then it really becomes a devastating loss if you lose that game. But thankfully, the big ragu, DiVincenzo, stepped up and hit some shots, and they ended up uh, finishing off that win. And it sounds like they're going to probably go into this game tonight against uh, the Mavericks without OG Ananobi. He's already been ruled out. And I would imagine, despite not being ruled out yet, I would imagine Brunson Brunson with a tweaked ankle is not going to play in this game. So... I don't think the I, I I don't think it's the Knicks night, but hey, you never know. Everyone else is you know Chua will score forty. So it, it's what they've been able to do during the stretch. But we'll see. Chargers and the New York Giants have exchanged their draft picks. When this happened, you talked about it on the fan. Eli Manning and Philip Rivers. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, one zero one nine FM, and always live on the Free Odyssey app. Oh, when I come around. All right, 449, I heard you crying loud. I was just talking to I was just talking to Zoo. He's ready for the next trade deadline at three o'clock. He's pumped. He's in his Rangers gear. Coming off another victory. So he's a, he's a garden man. And he's ready. He wants Murray. He wants Murray bad. He wants Jante Murray bad. Couple number ones, Fournier contract to make it work. Throwing, you know, throwing another piece or something. That's easy. He wants to go all in on. He wants to go all in on this team. That's where this team is. And I don't disagree. I just, I, I would love that move. I just don't think they do it. I'd be shocked if that's the move. I'd be shocked. I think it's going to be more of the lines of what we're talking about: Burks or Bruce Brown. That's what it's going to be. But, hey, maybe they'll surprise us. We'll find out at 3 o'clock, 
66. Warm-up show up in 10 minutes. Hopefully, it looked like some pictures that the weather got nicer, right? I saw um, I saw Gio post the pictures of them. I didn't get to see the show. I don't know if it aired or not. I don't know if they taped it, aired later. Uh, but he was on the Drew Barrymore show. He's on Drew. That's that's freaking awesome. Drew Barrymore is great. Love Drew Barrymore. I haven't seen her show necessarily. I don't know how good her talk show is, but Wedding Singer and 50 First Dates and whatever the name of the baseball movie is with Jimmy Fallon. I forget that one, although they're Red Sox fans. But I love Drew Barrymore. And then obviously E.T. But it looked like it was nice. They played golf. Hopefully turning that trip around just before they have to leave. And apparently I didn't hear them, but I was talking to Zoo again uh, inside. And they agree. Like, uh, there's just no buzz for the game, man. I don't know. There's just no juice for this game. And I don't. I'm trying to put my finger on it. Because if you think about it, there's a lot of different storylines. You got, you know, Mahomes and... And Reed, uh, you know, trying to become a dynasty here. If you win, if they win a, a back-to-back championships and th- and three and four years or whatever, like that's that's how Brady got started, right? That's that that's almost the exact same way Brady and, and Belichick got started. Um, you've got Mister Irrelevant and Brock Purdy. You got the Taylor Swift situation. You've got like just it just seems like. Two good teams should be a good game. I think everyone expects a good game tightly. You know, whether it's even though I'm surprised it's it's the the Niners that are favorite. It's still a two, it's a two point game. Like it's supposed to be a like this is supposed to be a good game. It's a good matchup. It's two. You know, it's a premier franchise in the San Francisco 49ers. It's it's got a lot of buzz to it. It's got a coach that blew a ten point lead to this very team the last time they played in the Super Bowl. It's a rematch of a Super Bowl. Uh, he's also blown the, he's got the, uh, you know, he's, he's kind of got the moniker of one of the best coaches in the NFL, not to have won the big game. He blew it as a coordinator for Atlanta and 28 to three against Tom Brady. Like there's just a lot of different things and elements to this game, let alone being in Las Vegas. But I don't know if it's the weather there and the rain that put a damper on everything, but it just feels like there's really no buzz coming out of Vegas for this game. And I'm not sure why, cause there should be, I know the ticket prices were big, right? I, I looked online. It was, uh, 8,000 just to get in the building. I mean, that's that's almost double. I think it was five for last year. So, I mean, you're going up 60, 70% in, t- in ticket value. And yet, eh, wake me up at 622. 877-337-6666. Braden in Point Pleasant. What's up, uh, Braden? Hi. Thank you for taking my call. Oh, thank you for making it, Braden. How are you? Good, how are you? Good. Are you just waking up to go to school now? Is this the normal wake-up time? Um, um, well, I have a fever, so uh, I, can't really, I, can't, I can't really um. Well, fall feel, asleep. Well, I, I will feel better. Yeah, okay. Um. So I wanted to talk a little um, Yankees with you. Please. It's my favorite okay, subject. I'm... It is Yankee hot stove. Let's go. <laughs> Let's do it. Um, so do you think like the Yankees have like kind of moved off from like Blake Snell? Is he like a little bit too expensive? Without question. Yes. They have moved on from Blake Snell. I do not think they're signing Blake Snell. Uh, I think that's long gone unless Blake Snell's market completely collapses and he's convinced and and, and with considering his agent is being is Scott Boris, who's known for waiting until the last second to make sure he gets his client every dollar. 
if for some reason they feel like their market is completely collapsed and a one-year deal is the best scenario for them and he wants to go play for the Yankees and pitch in the postseason and you know, I think the Yankees would be willing to give them a one-year deal. But where they are with the luxury tax, uh, every dollar is doubled. So, I mean, every yeah. if they give them $30 million, that means they're paying them $60 million. And I just uh, – once they signed Stroman, I really felt like they were no longer going to get Snell. I think that's uh, no longer yeah. a possibility. Well, yeah, I, I, I kind of – I also kind of liked um, the Stroman. Uh, like, the, when they added Stroman, that, I feel like that was a good move. I agree. I mean, you know, he's – and, uh, you know – He's probably the best value of almost any free agent sign for what you got for what you paid. This guy has been a middle like he, I know he comes with the, the the baggage and different things that people have problems with, which I understand. But yeah. I mean, if you come, if you're just talking about the pitcher and what you paid for him, it's it's pretty good value. And ultimately, it's not as good as I had hoped. I would have preferred a Snell, or I would have preferred the uh, Burns who got traded to the Orioles. And I suppose Bieber is still available. Cease is still available. I could see yeah. them possibly making a trade for a starting pitcher. I don't see it in the free agency uh, anymore. I do not see Montgomery. I don't see Snell. I don't see them putting any more big money into the rotation. But maybe they could find a way to trade for a pitcher who's under you know uh, control or with for lesser money like a Bieber or a Cease. So we'll see. But that might come at the trade deadline. I think they're pretty set. I think they're done. I think the team is is currently the way it's going to head into spring training. Yeah, yeah, they're they're not they're not in the best position to like sign any big name pitchers right now. I don't think so. But hey, Braden, as you're sitting there and you're trying to you know feel better, you got a little bit of a fever to take care. Yes. Know this, know this, Braden. We are going to get yeah. to see in 49 days Juan Soto and Judge hit back to back. That's that, that's let's do it, Braden. Let's do it. It's going to be. Phenomenal. I'm looking forward to it. I am looking forward to having someone back to back with Judge like that. It's going it sh- it should have been Stanton and for brief times it was at the end of the at the end of the 2021 season when they were terrible and they were battling for that wild card spot that they got and Giancarlo was was smashing the Red Sox and the Mets down the stretch of the year and hit that enormous grand slam which is probably my favorite moment of recent history when he hit that grand slam at the, in Fenway it was tremendous. So there's been brief moments where Stanton's kind of been that guy, but, you know, not really. To bring Juan Soto in here to go lefty-righty with Judge is going to be phenomenal. I can't wait. Can't wait. I have I have my da- I have my misgivings about this offseason, and I don't think it's been complete, and I don't think it's been as, as good as I would have hoped or even expected. But they did get Juan Soto. They did get Verdugo. They did get Stroman. And I would say, show me another team in the American League who improved themselves as much as that. Now, there's still plenty of guys out there, but as of right now, yes, the Orioles got Burns, and they were starting from a higher point than where the Yankees are, but who's improved more than the Yankees? Other than the Dodgers, nobody. Brian in Cooperstown. What's up, Brian? I'm just curious. I've been listening to the radio. I always listen to the fan. Uh-huh. It's been for 300 years or so. About 300 and- years, that makes sense. There's one thing I can never figure out. How come I don't like hockey, but my son is a complete diehard Rangers nut? Hmm. He's in his 40s, right? and he wears, he wears these T-shirts and hats all the time, Amazing. no matter where he goes. And I, <laughs> I, I, I could never figure it out. I used to take him to uh, NFL and uh, MLB, all those 
football and baseball games. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, and uh, I just, but I never. And he's, and he's not a baseball fan or a football fan. He's strictly just a, a New York Rangers fan. Yes. Weird. And I'm, yeah. He, he's diehard. That's yeah. I mean, listen. I, I don't know why hockey's a great sport. I mean, and you mentioned going to games. To me, hockey's the best live experience of all of them. I think hockey is the best uh, game to go to. I love. There's something about it. You walk into the arena, the feel of the ice gives it a, a different feel for whatever reason. I, I don't know why, but like as you're waiting for the game to start and you feel the coolness of the ice and just the coolness of the arena, it almost feels like you're getting ready for a show or something. I, I don't know why, but it does. And it's an excellent game to watch live. Uh, you know, baseball is another. I love watching baseball live, but like football, you miss something. Like hockey, it's great. And and playoff hockey, the element of you know the slightest little thing, the the you know a, a shot that that hits off a another stick and moves up a quarter of an inch and goes over a glove. That anything could happen, and a puck could slip through at any moment. Uh, brings such a dynamic and such a intensity, especially like. When you like, if you have a tie, if you're in a tie postseason game, you're a Ranger fan, and the the Devils they're playing, and the Devils in a series, and the Devils have the the puck in your zone, you can barely breathe because anything could happen. Playoff hockey is the best, so that's why, that's why he's a Rangers fan, despite all your best efforts to turn him into something else. But he he found his own path, and God bless him. All right, everybody, Thursday over, morning show next. Thank you, Alex. Thank you guys for calling. Thank you guys for listening. We'll catch you tomorrow at 2 a.m. for Football Friday leading into the Super Bowl. Have a great Thursday. I'll catch you then. I'm out of here. Be well. Morning show next. See ya. Sports Radio 101.9 FM.